Welcome to Yoga Wisdom. Questions about how to live your yoga in daily life answered by Integral Yoga founder Sri Swami Sachidananda. To teach some discipline to the mind. That's all aim behind all the practices, call it yoga, call it religious. Unless we achieve that mastery over the mind, we won't be achieving anything. Uh, disciplining the mind hmm, is the goal. That man the only species who has a free mind. It has been given a freedom and it would want to do anything it likes. But the man has the capacity to have a good control over it and do make it do good things, useful things, beneficial to the individual as well as the whole humanity. We may all call in different ways, spirituality, I am going to attain God-realization, self-realization, attain nirvana, attain liberation, attain salvation. They can put it in different words, but nothing could be attained without that control, without that mastery over the mind. You don't need to go and look for God, search for God here and there. He is everywhere within you, all around you. You don't need to go and beg for him to come. Our prayer is again not to request God to come. Very often that is how we think prayer means. In a way, it looks like that. It sounds like prayer. God have mercy on me. God help me. Somehow I feel a little funny about even doing that way. It's something like a child going and begging the mother, Mother have mercy on me, feed me. I'm hungry. And she should be really a hard-hearted mother, or she might be having many other things than taking care of the child. The child should remind the mother to take care of it. God is not a person like that. He thinks of you always, 
He loves you. He wants to take care of you. And he is trying all his best to take care of you. You don't need to even request him. Asking and getting something is not really a gift. The real gift is to be given at the proper time when you need it without even your asking. God knows that. He is in you and He watches every minute, every moment. So the problem is not in God coming and helping us or even wanting or requesting God to come and help. The main problem is to make us fit to receive His help. Self-fitness. If you want to put it in a scientific way, to give a technical example, God is broadcasting His grace, His mercy, His love, His beauty, all the nicest things are constantly being broadcasted by Him. He is a huge universal broadcasting station. He doesn't choose areas to send the broadcasting. It goes all over the globe. And He has really very powerful transmitting stations. He can reach anywhere and everywhere in no seconds. It is not a long wave or medium wave. It is ultra, ultra short wave. The only problem is we have to receive it. So we are all receiving sets. He is broadcasting constantly. If you want love, tune it to that. If you want mercy, tune your set to that. If you want strength, tune it to that. It all depends upon where you tune, what station you tune. And you all seem to be tuning yourself, but not to the right station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all tuned to one thing or other. Yeah. But not to the right channel. That is what you call probably attunement. Tuning. Turn on, tune in. That is the modern philosophy. In the hippie scripture, Get high. That's your language. Get high. 
turn in and tune on, is it? Drop out, yes. <laughs> a drop out is renunciation. Yeah. <laughs> drop out from every attachment. You are, you are, and tune in is meditation, deep meditation. You are tuning your mind. Turn on, create that desire to achieve something noble. It's a modern language, it's fine, but it has a deep meaning, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> So the, the problem is within us, ourselves, we have to tune to the right channel. He is always ready to give and he is giving, like wind is blowing. And from the shore few boats are moving, they are sailing. But the few four boats are still there, sitting at the shore. And the boatmen seem to be complaining, what is this? The wind seems to be very partial. Look at that, all those boats are sailing and my boat doesn't even want to move. And he complains and he sits and curses the God, God wind. How partial you are. You don't seem to have mercy on me and my boat. Don't you want to go and catch some fish? Come on, move. When he was shouting like that, somebody walked in and said, Hey, why are you shouting? Looking at wind. He says, Look, all of them are going, mine is not at all moving. Then he said, Nonsense. You don't blame the wind. You haven't even opened your sail. <laughs> Is well rolled and kept close. And he say, you want your boat to move? Oh, I see. I totally forgot about it. Eh? <laughs> and then as he opened the sail, the boat started moving, but a few yards and got stuck there. It didn't go any further. Then he said, see, you are making me a fool. See, you, you said that and I did it, but still, see, it's not going. Huh? Huh? I know God is always some, he must be having a sort of a negative feeling about me. He is partial. Probably they all give more of bunches, bananas and more candles and this and that. And I seldom give any banana or candle or incense. So that's probably reason. He wants bribe. He said, my dear brother, don't shout like that. Always you try to put the blame on somebody. Don't you take a little time to see what's happening within you. Are you doing what is to be done? Well, you said, open the sail and did it. It moved a little, probably, but now it doesn't want to go. Come on, please, open your eyes and see what's happening there. You didn't even take away the rope. He's still tied there to the pig. <laughs> the anchor is there still. Oh, 
feel, I feel now. Huh? Huh? Let me go and undo the knot. Huh? Huh? The minute he huh, took the knot away, there it goes. That's what. We are all being blessed with the same wind. But unfortunately, many have not even opened their sail. Some have opened a little bit. The sails are very little, probably, or the, even the sails, even if it is big, you don't open it properly. You don't unfurl it. What is the sail? Mind. Mind is your sail. Open it up. Very many minds are very closed, all rolled up, curled up. They just don't want to open up. Open up. And some say, oh, I open up. Yes. But still, I am stuck. Because you have so many knots. So many things binding you. Not that somebody bound you. It's you who did it yesterday night. What are those knots? All your attachments. Mine, mine, mine. I want to have this. I want to get this. That should be mine. This should be mine. All should be mine. Yeah. Why not that also? Why not this also? Grab a little that, grab a little more. Even if you have plenty, a little more to be added. You're never satisfied. So this kind of bondage, too many attachments, too many knots. So you are the cause for your bondage. You have to undo it. Nobody bound you. Last night I talked about that. The more you get detached from things, the more you are free. If you are not free, don't blame anybody. Your own attachment. Like the monkey and the coconut. Have you ever seen the monkey and the coconut? Hmm? You might have seen them separately, but not together. And in India, they used to cut the tender coconut and drink the water. So, have you seen the whole coconut? You just chop the one end and then make a small opening. There's this tender soft kernel inside, like jelly. Before it hardens, the water is so tasty. It's a nectarine drink. So people used to drink that. And unless they have a big machari, they can't cut it open to take the jelly. So sometimes they just open, drink the water and throw it away. One day a monkey found this, which was thrown out, and she went there and saw the a little jelly, the kernel was popping out. She picked it and tasted it. Oh, it's so nice. And it wanted to 
get everything. So it put the hand in, grabbed everything, scratched all, and then take a big hold of the jelly and I wanted to take the hand out. <laughs> Unfortunately, the hole was too small, so it went there and grabbed, pulled, no. Say, come on, come on, come on. It screeched and jumped. It doesn't want to leave the coconut jelly. And the coconut didn't want to leave him. So ran and ran and ran until it got tired and then The eye fell down. <laughs> I want to hold it, no? So, it just got really tired. The whole day it was running around with the coconut. So, at some certain point, really got tired. And then it felt faint. After an hour or so, it woke up to see the hand outside, but not with the coconut. When it was fainted, unconsciously lost the grip of the jelly and the hand came out. So what did the coconut bind the monkey? The coconut was not holding the monkey, but the monkey thought that the coconut is holding. He go and grab every jam, jelly and eh, hold it. Then when we want to take our hand, we find it hard and we don't want to leave that either. The minute you leave it, you are free. So you are the cause for your bondage. Your own attachment to things is what is binding you. And that is what you call liberation. If you are liberated from this attachment, mine, 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 you are free. Even a little self-analysis will help us a lot. When I say mine, since when it is mine? I never brought anything. And sure, I have never seen anybody taking anything back. Even the body was not ours. That's why leave the body and go. Did I say that last night? It's the mama who made the body. She worked so hard for eight months to build a body for you. She's a good bodybuilder. So it's her body. That's the reason why you leave the body to the greater mama. At the end, she claims it. Because the mama picked up all the bits here and there from the elements, natural elements. She composed the body and you leave it and it decomposes. When we go to the cremation ground, our burial ground, we don't even listen what the priests say. 
he probably will be thinking how much he left. Did he write the will? How much was my share? So we are in a rush to go back to see, open the will. <laughs> Even before he collapses, somehow, doctor, please, 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 he has not signed the will. Please keep him a little alive. <laughs> you are really interested in his living. Why? So that he can sign everything and then resign. <laughs> not that because you wanted him in your midst a little longer. Probably if he had written a will earlier, he would have said, why is he still dragging? <laughs> the will is all finalized. He could easily say goodbye. <laughs> but nobody hears what the priest says. What does he say? And the whole thing is put in. He says, air to air, earth to earth, fire to fire, dust to dust. It's not so. What does it mean? It all came from different elements and it's going back to the same elements from where you borrow. So we don't take anything with us because we didn't bring anything with us. In between things come to us, probably they are given to us for our use. And we forget that and we want to hold on to that. It's mine, mine, mine. Nothing but egoism. That doesn't mean I say you should throw out everything. Don't call it mine. Don't be attached to it. Use it properly for the benefit of everybody. Do not misuse it. And then when the time comes, joyfully leave it for others to use and you walk out. And that is what you call detachment, the spirit of detachment. All our family members also, you say, my son, my daughter, they are really not yours. You are only a caretaker. The soul came from somewhere, our nose. Even the soul itself has forgotten doesn't know where it came from. All it knew is it was there in the father's body. And then it passed on to the mother so that she can make up some body, better body. When the job is over, it came out and still the nature wanted both the father and mother to take care of that soul for a while and they took care of it like the birds. And when you're ready to fly, they say, bye, finish, my job is over. That is all our relationship with the children. They are only caretakers. We shouldn't be attached to them. They are all equal individuals. So when that sort of detachment happens, in our life, we are free. The mind is peaceful. It is the attachment that makes the mind unruly. So it trains the mind to be detached. 
may say, how can I live without any attachment? If you really want an attachment, you can have an attachment. What sort of attachment? Be attached to your own peace, which is God in you. Attached to God, so that detached to other things. That's what Jesus Christ said. If you want to follow me, if you are going to be attached to me, leave everything behind. When you leave everything behind, in the worldly sense, you may face certain difficulties. That's your cross. Carry it. Follow me. God cannot enter into your rich man's heart. What does it mean? It's not that the money and things are going to make you rich or poor. How many things you are trying to possess would make you rich? You may be a king, you may be an emperor, you may be a multimillionaire. If you are not attached to that, you are still poor, you are not rich. You may be a very poor person with nothing except maybe a small begging bowl. But if you are attached to that begging bowl, you are still rich. It is the attachment that makes you, brings you a family. That is the truth behind all the scriptures. It is simple. If we understand it well, it's easy to follow. We'll work out. That is the ultimate practice which you should be doing in the name of yoga or religion or philosophy or spirituality. All other things are easy. I said this last night also. You can practice some techniques. Japa, meditation, asana, pranayama. You can sing well. You can play your drum, your harmonium. That's all okay. You can become a a living, walking, hi-fi system. You may not have any of these talents. You may not even sit in your lotus pose for half an hour. You may not be able to sing even one chant. You may not be doing headstand. That won't disqualify you from being a yogi. What is the ultimate qualification? One and only qualification that you need to become a good yogi, a good religious man. A dedicated, detached life. 
life filled with sacrifice. Total selflessness. That's all we need. Keep that always in mind. With that, you may practice anything you want. But without that, all these things are just another bondage probably. When you stand on head for half an hour, you'll become more egoic. Hey, anybody can stand like this? Huh? I'm a big, big yogi. No, half an hour on the head. <laughs> Who can sing bhajan like me? Oh, if I take the karpal for two hours, I'll sing, 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 sing. Hmm. Yeah, I can deliver beautiful lectures. I can quote all the scriptures. Quran, Bible, Zindavastha, Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita. I know everything by heart. Oh yes. Many credits. You know, I built so many churches. I gave several millions to charity. Yes, if you gave your own money. <laughs> You brought that money with you and you are giving it to them. <laughs> it just came to you and you are passing it on so that you will be a little light. You will feel light. If you hold it, you are going to be heavy. So ego can get into all these things. Only one requirement is to live humble, selfless life, free from this dirty ego. I don't say that you should crush your ego, kill your ego. No. Make it beautiful. Make it healthy. Let it not be a sick ego. A good ego is very useful. You can serve people with that. Otherwise you won't even have an incentive. Ego by itself is not bad. Don't allow it to be sick. Free the ego from all the burden. Then it becomes sattvic ego. Ego without any mind. In other words, I, without any mind, will be a pure I, always. But when you add something, mind, to the I, then it becomes dangerous. That's why I tell you, don't throw minds around you. They'll be very explosives. If the I has too many minds around, it becomes a war field. Free your eye from all these things. I am I. And if you want, and if things come to you, okay, I have a million, I have a home, I have friends, I have knowledge, I have knowledge. Why do you have it? What for? 
conservatives. Why do you have a house? So that I can rest well and get up in the morning and serve others. Why do you eat? So that you can have enough energy to serve others. The eye can have everything if it's using all those things for the benefit of others. Not to become egoistic. Free the eye. Because you just came as a free eye. Not even a dot, not even a speck should belittle you. Even one dot is enough to make your eye small, is it not? Huh? <laughs> Without a dot, one stroke is capital I, big I, is it not? Don't you want to be that big I? Why do you want to decorate it with a dot over the head? If you want to decorate the eye with a dot over the head, what it becomes? Huh? It's no more a big eye, it becomes small eye. And that's what you call the egoistic dot. So keep the eye clean. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.